Tānadi is the festival of contemporary Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art. Visit the exhibition at the Art Gallery of South Australia until the 21st of January, 2024. Hi everyone, we're back. <laughs> I'd just like to welcome the next, the next deadly group of people who are going to speak. <laughs> We've been on a journey the last year and a half We've been working with Country Arts SA, the Art Gallery of South Australia and Country, S Country Arts SA. And we've had the absolute joy of working with Marika Davies, Wonkangora artist and curator, who has been the regional Tarnandi curator, working out of Port Augusta. So Marika lives and works in, in Port Augusta and she's been working with artists right across the regions to create an exhibition called Saltbush Country. And that exhibition has just launched at the Port Pirie Regional Gallery and it will travel to Adelaide in November to come to the Kerry Packer Gallery, Civic Gallery within the University of South Australia. So people in Adelaide will have a chance to see this exhibition. Um, Marika has worked with seven women artists and I'm going to hand over to, to two, of the, two of the artists and Marika. And we've also worked with Lauren Mastillo from Country Arts SA who's been a great mentor and co-producer on this work, on this um, program and this exhibition. So I'd just like to give, ask you to give a warm round of welcome to these guys. Thanks, Nikki. Um, my name's Marika Davies. I'm a Wonkonga woman from the Simpson Desert and I come from Birdsville in Queensland. Um, yeah, as Nikki just said, um, I'm the Tanani Regional Curator for SA. Um, I, I work in and live in Port Augusta. But um, over the past year, I have been crisscrossing the regions, Sejuna, Port Lincoln, down to the Yorks, uh, looking at artists and to find the artists that will be taking part in Saltbush Country. And along that has been my line manager and my peace of mind also is Lauren Mastello from Country Arts. Um, oh, okay, uh, yeah, like, as Nikki said, we opened Saltbush Country uh, earlier September, um, but yes, it will be coming down. Uh, sorry, um, we don't have all our artists here. They had a late night partying <laughs> last night, so they probably Dribble in in a minute, so <laughs> just a heads We've up got on a that. Lot to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, they they had a lot to celebrate last night, so <laughs> um, so I'm a bit off course at the moment. <laughs> so Saltbush Country is a regional exhibition as part of the partnership with Country Arts and AGSA. The views and stories are from seven Aboriginal women artists living and working across regional SA, from the York Peninsula to the Air Peninsula, oh, York Peninsula to the Air Peninsula, each artist telling my, uh, meaningful stories that have deep connection to country, family, language and culture. When visiting these artists on country, listening to them speak about works and stories has been a privilege. It's not every day you get to be in a space that very few people get to see and be immersed in the deep connection that these artists portray in their work. 
The exhibition features works across the mediums of painting, textile, sculpture and installation, weaving, jewellery and cloak making. Together these artworks make up Saltbush Country. To, to tell their stories of each artist, I think more can go in here. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm reading from my notes. So, um, I'll get the artists to introduce themselves and their mob and we'll talk about their pieces that they've put in Saltbush Country. Uh, my name is Wanella McKenzie and I'm a, a Adyumatna Luridja Lower Southern Arunda woman from South Australia. I um, live and work in Port Augusta on Bangla land um, and I'd also like to pay my respects to the traditional owners of the lands that we meet on today and also offer my respect um, to everybody else that's attended today, so thank you. Good morning, my name is Sandra Saunders. I'm an Arunjeri Bowendip woman and I acknowledge the people whose land we meet on today. You know, it's such a joy to be part of this exhibition, particularly after the week we've had. It's just been so heartwarming and healing being here with everyone and feeling that things are going to be okay and we are strong and we will stand up and continue. And I'd like to particularly... <laughs> ..thank Marika, Nikki and Country and Tiandi and uh, uh, the uh, South Australian Art Gallery for putting this on. You know, it has been so great, the support we've had from Marika, who's encouraged us and really supported us throughout the last 12 months. The other thing I'd just like to say, one of our artists is really sick and she's come down to be part of this but she can't, she's having chemo this afternoon and she wanted me to say, um, to, she really is so happy to be part of this and she knows that we're all supporting her and her spirit is with us today and she wanted me to just pass that on. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. <laughs> My name is Josephine Lennon. I'm actually from Sojourna. Uh, I'm a Mernin woman. And my father comes from Kupiti and he's a Malajara Yankajara man. Yep. And I'm not one of the artists. My name's Lauren Mastillo. I'm the visual arts manager at Country Arts SA and I managed the statewide program there and had the absolute pleasure of working directly with Marika and coming along this journey, including the um, incredible first round of studio visits we did way back in October, where we travelled across the state all the way um, from Port Augusta to Sejuna to uh, Wangari, and we first met all the artists, and that's when the bubble started, you know, coming to the surface for Marika about what the exhibition might look like and who those artists might be. So I'm very thankful to have been part of that journey. 
Um, so, a little background. Um, the naming of the exhibition Saltbush Country. Uh, I use the Saltbush Country as a metaphor for my artists in this exhibition. Um, there are over 250 different species of saltbush grown uh, Australia-wide. So I thought about that and then I realised that's our mob as well. Even though we are part of a group, we are a group within a group as well. And so I looked at that in, in the language of our nation. And then I thought, well, when saltbush has the right conditions, it thrives, it grows and, and it goes on to be something else. Um, and I thought, well, that's definitely the artists in the region. If the conditions are right, so if the artists have the right people supporting them material-wise and just being there, giving them something to do, the artists also thrive. And um, I just love that metaphor. And then I thought the connection, the root system of the salt bush as well. Uh, we are spread across South Australia, but we have a connection of being mob, being part of our storylines. Even though we're all different, we grow and we connect, just like the root system as the salt bush does. Um, so I guess I just will just jump straight in and talk about your works and um, what it means and where to from here. I'm going to kick us off, Winella. <laughs> I knew you were looking at me. <laughs> um, yeah, so for me, this journey of Saltbush Country was incredibly personal. Um, and it was one of truth-telling, one of self-identity, one of reckoning um, and new experiences. Um, very incredibly grateful, words can't express, um, to be a part of this and have an opportunity like this, especially being a regional First Nations artist. Um, you know, it's not every day something as wonderful as, as this comes along. So for me, I wanted to tell um, the story of my grandmother. This story has been told a few times before um, through books. Those books were censored and there was always a non-Indigenous voice that was involved, which I felt at times was overpowering um, the First Nation voice. So my mum, um, my grandmother helped my mum to grow me up. She was an amazing, beautiful, strong, um, strong woman. Um, she was also part of the stolen generation in the 1920s. So after she had lost her mother to tribal law, um, she was then taken in about 1926 from an outstation near Udnadatta um, to the Colbrook home out Udnadatta. Now, this place, I visited the foundations with my husband and my three daughters and my mum. And it was the first time that my mum, daughters and I and husband had gone back um, as a family. Um, and I remember one afternoon sitting on one of the tyres at the foundation watching my children's play, like children play and, and skip rocks and I was just really overwhelmed and overcome with emotion and I just thought this is really important, the story needs to be shared. So my grandmother was moved from Udnadatta to Corn Colbrook home 
Now, this was done to not only remove her from her family in the region, her, her First Nations family, but also the white side of her family as well. Her father was a settler that worked on the station, um, Edward Lennon, or Ted Lennon. Um, so then she, she stayed in this Colbrook home and she used to play with gum leaves. And you'll notice in my artwork, there's a little photo, or actually it's a large photo, um, of a little girl in an Edwardian uh, period dress. And she's holding above her head a box um, which had cleaning supplies in there. She was made to clean a mess that was in one of the toilets. Um, and then there's a, a small... Um, beautiful figure that's made entirely of woven emu feathers. She's wearing her little replica dress. Um, and then before her, I've got railway lines um, that are part of the original GAN line that ran from Port Augusta um, to, through to Alice Springs. And then I've got gum leaves and other symbols that uh, represent family, culture, bush tucker, dance. Um, and you know, my grandmother, she would play with gum leaves in the home and she'd be tell the, the sisters that was looking after them, I'm just playing a game, but really she was going, this is mummy, this is sister, you know, this is my family, and that's how she would remember. When she would speak her language, her tongue was scrubbed with the stilo until it bled. And you'll notice that there's also a spoon that's um, amongst the railway tracks and all this stuff um, in front of the little girl. Now, I put the spoon in there because they was fed porridge often. Now, the porridge had mice feces in it, which they was made to pick out, but they had to eat it or they'd get a hiding. So every part of my artwork has a significant meaning and a story behind it. There's porcelain that's there. Now, the porcelain was used by the children and the sisters. And I picked up these broken pieces with my husband and my children. And I thought, you know, this is really a metaphor for picking up the broken pieces of our culture, our identity, and bringing that story to the attention and, in, and, and helping to bring those conversations to now. Because a lot of people say, oh, this happened years ago. You know, you need to get over it. You need to get over it. But what they don't realise is the past affects the present and it affects the future. That's the reason why I can't have those conversations with my grandmother's family in language. That's the reason why I can't sing you all the songs or dance you all the dances, but I pick up those pieces and I hold them close to my heart and I pass those little pieces on to my children. And I think of that box as the trauma that we carry, but then also those tools of empowerment. Because this woman, my grandmother, she was full of love and forgiveness. And even on her deathbed, she wished me a happy birthday. And she was asking to make sure that everyone else was okay. And that's the beauty of our culture. We look after each other. We make sure that we're okay. But through this art piece, I was able to discover so much about myself through learning more about my people and where I'm from. And that's what the narrow line is about. It's about sharing that story and helping people to understand that, no, it's not something that should be stuck in the past or forgotten and not talk about, 
because it is something that is affecting us now. And I think the story of settlement um, and the GAN and all that, it's a bit um, glorified. And there's nothing, certainly nothing wrong with that. But I think what we don't also realise is this railway line was used to traffic children and move them throughout the country. And that was the line, the narrow line, that helped to take my grandmother away. And as I look at those train tracks, I think of the families that crossed over those tracks, whether they was walking across country and hiding, or whether they was the children that was placed onto those trains and taken far, far, far away. But I'll um, pass on to the other artists because I talk a bit too much. <laughs> I think I got that from my mum. But I'm very passionate about this art piece and I would love for everyone to go and check it out at Port Perry or um, next month when it comes down to the uni uh, gallery. Yeah, uh, yeah my artwork is... Uh, oils on canvas on beautiful Belgium linen. Um, my artwork is about this country. It's about events that happen in this country. I have two pieces in this year. One is uh, called Finders Keepers, which is a painting about the endeavour coming to Australia. And it's a, quite a big piece with the styles of the endeavour really taking over the painting. And in the background is Aboriginal people standing up, trying to protect their land against this evil that's coming that they don't understand. On the styles, which represents Cook's diaries, I have written a comment from his diaries which says, all they wanted, all they seemed to want is for us to leave. Well, did they take notice of that? No, they didn't. And in fact, that's where the name Finders Keepers come from because they think they can find something and own it and have disregard for anyone else, so therefore Finders Keepers. The next painting is um, a painting about... Um, the Voice. It's about people gathering at Uluru, uh, developing the statement from the heart. So that's in the background. And in the front is Parliament House, where they take it to Canberra to um, give it to the Parliament people. And in it, I've got a big clock. A big clock, like a grandfather's clock, I suppose you call them things, uh, that was made in England. And that clock is um, three minutes to 12. So I'm calling that the time is now. And of course, we know what happened to that. So I've already started to develop a painting for next year. I mean, out of, out of that, I paint, but 
because of things that are happening, the events in this country. So after what happened at the last weekend, I started to think and I, I have de de now started to develop a painting that I'm calling Where To Now. And I've got that all, uh, well, you'll see it next year when I do it. <laughs> anyway, thank you. It's been such a pleasure to be part of it. And uh, for me, doing those paintings is a way of healing because I have anger about things within me. And painting them, it, it helps heal the pain. And I continue to, I will continue to paint as long as I can. I'm 76 years old now, so hopefully I can go on for a few more years. Thank you. Yeah, hello. Um, my painting is about travelling through outback water ranges and from Poriosa to Pemba, then Kupapiri, where I grew up with my family. I used to travel with my two sisters and my father and my mother, but I lost my father in 2003. I lost my sister in 2009, my older sister, and my younger sister in 2019. So it was just me now and my mother. And in the last couple of months, my mother got sick and I had to struggle with my painting and didn't struggle with her being in a coma. So I went up and down, up and down, but I eventually got through, through my painting, yep. And it's more about salt lakes when I used to travel with them. I used to stare at the salt lakes, stare at the colors and I, picked it up and then as I was grieving for my sisters and my father, I used that as my mentally, physically and grieving, yeah. So it's really, it was a really sad time for me doing all this painting, yeah. But I got through them though, like a strong woman as I am, yeah. yeah. Also, Jo's work, um, there's four paintings she's, um, we've got in store from her. Um, but also we've got um, some artists that are not here. So another artist that we have is Annie Heather Sheeran. Um, her work um, is embroidery. So she looks at, um, she, she did this as a child um, and she is stolen generation herself. So... She learned how to embroider when she was a child and then she wanted to revisit it. So she was lucky enough to um, catapult Lauren. Yeah, she was able to um, get catapult um, to work with Dr. Sarah Waters, who's an amazing artist herself in her own right as well. Um, so in those works, um, so she done three pieces. She had the middle one uh, done first. So. In behind her embroidery is is her handprint that represents her, and then she's embroidered over the top using knots that were part of her life. Then on the on either side she has um, 
of thistle, a Scottish thistle. Uh, this represents her grandmother who came from Scotland. So she wanted to uh, do her works about, around herself and her grandmothers. So um, it is amazing work also, and I must say, it's the first time she actually picked up a uh, needle and thread since she was a little girl, and you would not think that these were done by somebody that just picked it up this year, basically. Um, and then on the opposite side, uh, it, there's a grevillea, and it is amazing, and that is representing her, her grandmother from her Aboriginal side, from Hermansburg. Um, so these are wonderful textiles that aren't in frames, they are just pinned to the wall and they flow and they work very well with Winella's textiles also. Um, and then we move on to Marley Macumba. Uh, Marley has done uh, several works uh, in, a, in Matisse on Belgian. Uh, it's the first time she was able to uh, explore that avenue because uh, just the artists don't get to, you know, they're not living in the city where they can just go into an art shop and buy these materials and work with. So it was her first time working with these materials and she just fell in love, the way the paint moves across the Belgian linen also. And it talks about her country... Um, uh, in Dalkana, so that's where she lived as a small child, learning from her grandmothers, her aunties. Uh, there is also a woven piece at knee height on a plinth, and and it's all woven, and and it and it's amazingly how it moves because that is a reputa uh, represented as a as her and her sisters with her aunties sitting in the creek bed and they doing sand stories and sand drawings. So it really does make you feel you're actually standing above them, watching them um, create work in the sand. And, and it just moves really brilliantly. And the colours um, in the raffia that she used to the, her paintings, they all connect. Um, <laughs> lastly, we have a collaboration of two sisters from Point Pierce. Amazing amazing ladies. They were able to pull something off that hasn't been done in over a hundred years. So they revived work through this program. Um, we have Ani Nini. Um, I think her, some of her work might be on sale in the shop there. But she collects mariner shells. So she created the mar mariner shell jewellery that uh, they would have wore back in before colonisation and they are stunning, absolutely stunning. Um, I, there's also a piece with the diamond on and that represents the women of um, Narunga. Um, and then you have Annie D that worked alongside of her. She is different. <laughs> she is amazing. She, she's pretty much straight like me. She keeps me straight, so I've got to keep, be even harder to keep her straight, but wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way. A um, uh, lot of stories. Uh, photographer Sam would even tell you <laughs> firsthand. Um, but the cloak, um, she made a possum skin cloak, um, which is just phenomenal. 
It hangs in the space like it was made for royalty and at this stage um, it is Narunga royalty. I, and it's the height, it looks like it's the same height as Ani Nini and Ani D and it's like they're just opening their arms and welcome you on country and they're giving you a hug at the same time. On the skin side, they actually burnt the story of Narunga people in there as well. There are, see if I get them wrong, Sonia. <laughs> there is the white-bellied eagle for the south, for the, for the, for the east, west. west, west of Narunga. Yep. And then we have the shark, yep, for the south. <coughs> the kangaroo for the north and emu for the east. That's represented in the middle of the cloak. And then you have diamonds. There's 12 diamonds on the cloak. For Naranga people, this is the um, representation of the 12 sisters before seven sisters story started for them. So that's represented on them. Then they have um, the V shapes representing the men, and that's around the whole cloak. Um, but it was just amazing to see how these ladies, all these amazing ladies, just came together um, and brought Saltbush to get um, alive for me. Um, so I thank them for taking part. Um, Lauren, is there any stuff you want to say? I think something that's really crucial is that uh, creative development period that everybody was supported, um, you know, to be able to undertake whatever research they wanted, whether that be travelling to a place and undertaking research through being on country or whether that being just time to read and explore and go further into research or um, whether that be um, learning new skills through working with other artists, which some of the, the artists in Saltbush Country um, did do, like Arnie uh, Nini and Arnie D, they travelled to the Grampians to meet with master cloak maker Arnie Vicky Cousins to learn possum skin cloak making and um, as a result, you know, develop this inc incredible cloak. I can't even, you know, Marika's described it well, but you have to see it, seriously, you have to see it. Um, so it might be interesting to hear from some of the artists about, you know, how that research helped inform their works that are in the exhibition. Like, Wanella, you, something really incredible is that you were able to take your family on that research trip and that um, is, is, you know, um, the centre of everything you do is that culture continuation. Do, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, really, the foundation of my uh, arts practice is cultural continuation. And, you know, I do different things, um, multidisciplinary. Um, but for me, I think I'm most known for my emu feather weaving and this was something I uh, had seen the elders doing as a child, my grandmother's family. And I recall one afternoon sitting down um, with my children and, children and telling them stories about, you know, when I was growing up. And I kept using the word used to. 
they used to do this and they used to do that. And it just made me really sad because I thought, why does it have to be used to? Why can't it be something that we do? So then I started weaving the emu feathers again um, and doing it with my daughters and I just find it to be such a beautiful cycle of culture. And relating back to my artwork, Narrow Line, this was because of the way our culture is and things are passed on through oral history, being together, being on country, this was disruptive um, to our culture with the stolen generation because we didn't have the opportunity to do those things, to be together, to be on country. Um, and that's why we've got to pick up those pieces. But, you know, it, it is an art practice that really sad for me. I feel like it's dying and something that might go extinct if it's not practice, if it's not passed on. And that's why it's important for me in my family to, to do that and ensure that it never dies because we're still here. We're always going to be here. Um, but the research with the kids, with mum, with my husband was a really beautiful thing which I think I'll carry until I'm old and withered. <laughs> um, you know, to be able to share that on country. And then, you know, I realised... Um, that I was misrepresenting myself as well, just saying, oh, yes, I'm, you know, I'm at your mutton and Luridja. And, you know, mum's like, yeah, silly Billy, you've, you know, you need to add in the lower southern Arunda because that's what we are. And I spoke to family on this journey and they're like, yes, yes, you know, this is what we are. And we don't misrepresent yourself because it's like, you know, cutting off an extension of yourself like a limb. Um, you have to be whole, you have to be whole. So, um, you know, travelling through the beautiful um, desert across the moon plains to Udnadatta, just seeing my children filled with wonder at the sparkling rocks, um, searching for uh, the meteorites across the gibber stones, and being able to share with them stories that I was told from Nana when we was laying in bed, you know, those private yarns that you have with your grandmother, those things that you think about when you go and stand beside somebody's grave. <laughs> those precious moments. And weaving that story into being... Um, and I apologise for being emotional, but I just feel like this whole journey and every feather that went into creating and, and every object that I bound in this story is just filled with so much emotion. And I really want people to be able to not just see, but feel that when they're viewing the artwork and take that away with them um, and really think about their, you know, where they're from and their connection to themselves and their family and their country as well. I feel like it's like a real holistic um, approach. But I um, plan to expand on my artwork and have a solo exhibition next year at Pop Gallery, which I'm really excited about. But um, I'm just so grateful to Marika and the team because to be able to share the story in the way that we have 
with no restrictions and just utter love and support just means so much, so much. And, you know, Nikki feeding me like a little bird who has always doing the final touches. Um, um, sitting in the hotel, you know, like just those little things like that. And it's so difficult for our artists to, to go out and do these things um, and have art supplies, but we, we had that through this program. Yeah. Joe, do you want to say a little bit where you're going from here now? Where you're going? What's what's the plan for your art practice now? You know how we had a chat. Um, so Joe's work is layered work. I mean, you have to get up close and personal with Joe's work to see the layers. Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <I thought. laughs> Um, do, you, do you want me to go, Marika? Um, okay. No, 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 it's good, it's good. So um, we've had chats like we had tea uh, to celebrate after the opening in Piri and I tell you what, we've got some strong ladies and they, and they know where they want to go. And, but um, we had conversations and, and Joe's work is um, beautiful. Um, you get up... You get you read the labels and you um, and you step back and you look at the work and and it just just like you're falling you're falling into it and you can feel what she's putting across in her work and all the ladies do that as well, but um, we had some chats. Um, we just have to pre-warn Pam. <laughs> um, so um, Joe's looking at doing ceramics um, now to. Um, carry that um, pattern over into, into ceramics. So, and that's something that we're looking at. Um, we're already looking at funding and stuff like that. So even though the exhibition is up and running, um, we're looking at what's next for the, for the artists. Um, where, where do they go from here? And, and I'm looking at that with all the artists at the moment because they're on a high, they want to keep going. They're, they're all truth-telling stories. I mean, when you walk into the space, you have only Sandra Saunders' work right there at the front. I mean, and that ripple flecks out into the space, you know. This is what happens to when we were colonised. So this is so important. And, you know, you have the stolen generation, you have removal of country, and then you have um, travelling back on country as a child and learning those stories and then you come back to Aninini and Ani D, reviving the practice after a hundred years of not doing that on Naranga country. So it's very powerful, very moving personal stories, really raw stories. Um, come and check it out. I do say bring some tissues when you go in there um, because they are truth-telling the right way and a strong way to continue the work that they've done. Um, Lauren, have I missed anything out? <laughs> no, I just think to reiterate that, how, um, how the artists are all tackling such complex ideas but at the heart of it is feeling. Like I think when I look at your work, Joe, 
like they shimmer. It's like being in a landscape. So you really understand the deep, deep connection the artists have on a personal level to the places and the ideas that they're talking about. So, you know, you do feel that in the exhibition. And Arnie Sandra, your work is the culmination of decades and decades of activism and social organising. So I just want to acknowledge, you know, your a powerhouse um, in the Aboriginal legal rights movement and your work is strong and powerful and all the works are strong and powerful. It's such a significant exhibition and um, I highly concur with Marika, like, what's, what's next? Yeah, yeah. I think it's all been said, really. You know, it's just a pleasure to be here. I f I'm feeling as though I'm healing, and it's great to be with all my sisters and that here, doing stuff together, and seeing you people all here. We can't ask more than that, can you? <laughs> yes, we can. Um, I'd just like to extend um, thank you, Nikki. Um, not every day you get to work with your hero. Sorry. <laughs> um, it has been a dream to work in, in this role for the last 12 months and to watch Nikki and to hear Nikki, to ring Nikki up and say something, you know, she's, she's got the answer already for me. So <laughs> it, it's been a privilege and the Tunani team Tanani family, <laughs> thank you for your ongoing support. Um, you know who you all are. Um, and thank you, AXA and Country Arts, for the great partnership, and hopefully it continues. So thank you. Tanani is presented by the Art Gallery of South Australia with principal partner BHP, and support from the Government of South Australia. The exhibition is on until the 21st of January 2024. Learn more online at agsa.sa.gov.au.